Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Charisma Podcast, or Apple Podcast, remember, you can listen live Monday, Tuesday, and Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And so tonight, like I said, guys, we are doing more deliverance training. We're training up the body. It's our second one this entire year. And I really believe this, that there is an unstoppable army that God is raising up right now to set the captives free. I'm telling you, God is doing something. I'm talking to pastors, mini church pastors, mega church pastors, pastors that would never talk about deliverance, never do deliverance. God is opening up their eyes to the ministry of Jesus. Now, if you're new tonight, you know what we teach. We don't teach deliverance ministry. We teach the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so there's many ignorant people that are like, oh, Isaiah, you're, uh, you know, you focus on deliverance ministry. Let me reward that. What you're trying to say is I focus on the ministry of Jesus because I didn't start this ministry. Alexander Pagani did not start the ministry. Vlad did not start it. Mike did not start it. I did not start it. This was started by Jesus Christ. It's the reason 1 John 3, it says he came and it's the only ministry that Jesus did that no one else had ever done. Remember, In the Old Testament, the sick had already been healed. In the Old Testament, the dead had been raised. John the Baptist was preaching the gospel of repentance, but Jesus shows up on the scene in Mark chapter one, and Jesus cast out demons. So this is the work of Jesus, not the work of a man, not the work of a minister, not the work of a ministry. This is absolutely the work of Jesus. And as we teach about deliverance, Jesus is our focus. Jesus is our mindset. It's all about the blood of Jesus, the cross, and deliverance helps us get set free so that we can be closer to Jesus. That's the purpose of deliverance. So it's not to bring glory to us. It's not so that people can manifest. It's not so people can growl or we can have some good video for TikTok or Instagram. It's to bring people closer to Jesus. It's the army Jesus has raising up. And so you have to ask yourself, Do you want to be a part of that army? Do you want to get off the sidelines of religion and be on the front lines of the move of God? And I've made a decision, friend, that I'm not going to live my life watching other people do what God has called me to do. God has anointed you and God has called you to do deliverance. So we keep training. We keep equipping. We keep believing God. We keep raising up the army. Doesn't matter what religion says. Doesn't matter. God told me in August when he called me, he said, I want you to train. I'll give you, I'll give you weapons of warfare. I'll give you strategy. God told me religious people are going to come against you. They're going to hate on you, but it doesn't matter. We're not, we're not getting permission from the old wineskin, the religious guard. Our permission comes from the word of God. And if the word of God says, you'll cast out demons. If the disciples did it in the book of Acts, and if people need freedom all over our world, then I'm not worried about what a crusty religious person has to say. I'm not worried about what a Pharisee or a Sadducee has to say. I'm worried about what does Jesus say? Because ultimately I'm responsible for what Jesus says, what the word of God says, and obeying the word of God. In Luke 9 right there, he called them and gave them authority over unclean spirits. And so this is why we're training you. This is why we're equipping you. Now we taught this year on prayer on the secret place, on the gifts, on the Holy Spirit. We taught three weeks on the end times. We talked about we talked about false prophets. We talked about hearing the voice of God. We talked about knowing your calling. We're giving you guys the whole word. We're giving you guys the full counsel of God, but this is an element that many people are afraid to talk about. Many people are afraid to do, and this is why so many people believe that Christianity is boring. Maybe your version is boring, but my version's not boring. Friend, it is so fun 
to live the life that Christ has called us to live. It is so fun to lay hands on the sick. It is so fun to cast out demons. It is so fun to preach the gospel. Come on, share this. It is so fun to baptize people. It is so fun to disciple people. Now there is boring Christians, but Christianity was never meant to be boring. If you are bored, I came to tell you tonight that you are doing it wrong, that there is nothing boring about the God that we serve and that God does not want you to live a boring, stale Christian life but Jesus said, I've given you life. Come on, is anybody excited tonight? I feel like running tonight. I've given you life and life more abundantly. And when you start doing the works of Jesus and not just memorizing them, he didn't say memorize them. He said, I want you to do them. I don't want you to memorize the word. I want you to do the word. That's what I'm responsible to do. So let down your pride, let down your arrogance, let down your religion and understand God has called the church God has called the body of Christ and God has called you and God has mandated you to preach his gospel to all nations through the confirmation of signs and wonders. The Bible says signs and wonders confirm the word of God. He confirms the preaching through signs and wonders. He did this Sunday. We saw almost three hours of people getting set free. And so you have to ask yourself this. If you don't set the people around you free, I want you to ask yourself, who's going to? If you don't set your family free, Who's going to? If you don't set your friends free, who's going to? We have to take the burden off of others, put the burden on ourselves, and realize that we are called to help the people around us get free from demonic bondage. Just because you close your eyes and you ignore deliverance or the demonic, it doesn't mean it disappears. And so we have to stop ignoring it and start confronting it and getting people delivered. And I'm gonna keep shouting this. Some of you are like, when are you gonna give it up? I'm gonna keep shouting it and preaching it until I start seeing the body of Christ embrace the ministry of Jesus. People need freedom and there's so few voices willing to speak this. There's a million people speaking about faith, a million people telling you about your best life now, a million people telling you about how God wants to bless you with the BMW, a million people doing this and doing that, but very few voices that are willing to confront darkness, are willing to confront the enemy, and I, I signed up for an army, guys. I signed up for warfare. When I was an atheist and I said yes to God, I did not say yes to join some religious cult. I did not say yes to join some religious country club. I did not say yes to join some Chuck E. Cheese, Tickle Me Elmo. I signed up to join the army of Almighty God. I was enlisted. I laid down my life. I was drafted in the army of God. And here's one of the major issues in the church why we don't see deliverance. As most people believe in America, casting out demons is only for other countries or that it's a rare thing to cast out a demon, or it's rare that someone needs deliverance. But this cannot be anything farther from the truth. The people we're doing deliverance on are not witch doctors, are not criminals, are not these terrible people wearing trench coats or whatever you think. These are normal, average, God-fearing people that have been in bondage and need freedom. These are normal, average people. These are pastors that we're doing deliverance on, okay? These are school teachers. These are doctors. These are police officers. These are business people. These are judges. These are, these are stay-at-home moms. These are people that have businesses. This last weekend, a lady there owns hotels. Another lady I met, she's a judge in Las Vegas. These are normal average people that have been living in bondage and no one was willing to tell them that Christ can set them free, that it was in the atonement that Christ will set them free. But here's what religious people do. They'll look at the teaching and say, oh, well, we don't need to focus on that. But why did Jesus then? Why did every city he go to, the Bible says in Mark 1, he went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons. Y'all, he was casting out demons in the church. 
in the synagogue. And yet we have all these religious people that have done, that do nothing when it comes to miracles, deliverance, or any of that. And they sit on the sidelines and they persecute those that actually do. And they say, oh, don't focus on it. Oh, you don't need to do that. We don't need to confront anything. Demons are not really real. That's for Africa. But let me just say this, okay? Because I know I'm just blowing some of you religious people out of the water here. There's no one in Africa in the church arguing about deliverance. There's nobody in India arguing about deliverance. In fact, some of our followers in here tonight from different countries, they're confused when I try to convince people about deliverance because they're like, we don't, we don't need to be convinced. We believe it because we actually believe the Bible at face value. Like if you didn't weren't raised in a religious church and you had the Bible and no one ever told you about God and you read through the gospels, you would finish the gospels concluding that you're supposed to cast out demons. You would read the book of Acts chapter eight, verse seven, that says, and they scream loud as demons left them. And you would say, okay, Acts chapter eight is the biblical model of evangelism in the New Testament. And Philip cast out demons. And so I'm called to cast out demons. You would not sit there and say, oh, I wonder if we should talk about this. I wonder if people, if this is a big deal. You would come to the conclusion that there's a real battle when Paul said, being a good soldier, you don't get tied up in the civilian affairs. You would understand that this is a need, that you are in a battle, that there is a war, that Jesus said, I'm building a church that the gates of hell won't prevail. They're going to try to prevail, but they won't prevail against my church. I am a church. I am a, I, I am a, um, I'm a God that, that is raising up a militant type church. Jesus built a church that confronted. The Bible says he sent them out in Matthew 10. He sent them out in Luke 10. He sent them to go drive out demons. He didn't say, wait for the demons to come to you. He said, go confront darkness. So that's what we've been called to do. And that's what we're training people to do. There's people all around you that need this. And here's the thing, these normal people, they don't even know that deliverance is available to them. They're like, what do you mean I could be free? You're telling me I don't have to live my life with these thoughts. You're telling me I don't have to live with these desires. You're telling me I don't have to be anxious and depressed. You're telling me that I can be free from the thoughts that keep me in bondage and the demons that control me. And I came to tell somebody that you can be delivered by the power of God, that I don't care what any religious person has told you that God can set you free once and for all that it is the plan of God and it is the will of God to set you free. So don't let anybody talk you out of what Christ has paid for on the cross. Don't let anyone talk you out of the power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus. You don't have to live in bondage. And I believe, and I'm, I know I'm going hard after religion tonight, I believe that there's coming a day where it will be nor more normal to be free than to be in bondage. I believe there's coming a day where it's going to be more normal to be delivered in the church than for the church to deny the ministry of Jesus. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how the church has demonized deliverance and normalized bondage. So now it's like you're demonic if you believe in deliverance, which is what the Pharisees told Jesus if you haven't read that. And now it's normal to be in bondage. Oh, you hear voices? Oh, brother, that's normal. Everybody does. Oh, you're addicted to pornography? Oh, that's not big deal. That's normal. Oh, you're having perverted thoughts? Oh, that's normal. Oh, you have an overwhelming desire to do something you shouldn't do? Oh, it's okay. Just keep fighting. Keep praying the sinner's prayer. That's completely normal. Oh, there's sickness in your body that the doctors can't explain. They say that there's no medical reason why you should be sick or having pain. Oh, it's okay, brother. We're going to get you in some counseling. We're just going to resolve. Oh, you're cheating on your wife. Oh, it's okay. We'll just get you with some counseling. Oh, pastor, you've been watching pornography and you can't get free. We're going to send you out on a sabbatical. It's going to be okay. And we come up with all of these natural reasons why people need deliverance. No, 
No, you don't need a sabbatical. You need deliverance. No, you don't need counseling. You need deliverance. No, you don't need more medication. You need deliverance. No, you don't need us to explain it away. And then you drive in your new car, but you don't have deliverance because the pastor preached how God wants to give you the new car, but doesn't want to set you free. I came to tell you, and I'm sorry that everybody else not everybody else, but I'm sorry that 95 plus 98% of all these other people out there are too afraid to tell you that God wants to free you. And, I, and I'm sorry, guys, listen, if I'm a criminal, because I believe that God wants to set people free, then I'm, I'm a criminal. If I'm, if I'm in error or I'm a false teacher, because I, I, I weirdly believe that the cross has power to deliver. I weirdly believe that the cross has power to save you, not just your soul and not just your eternity, but now that you can actually be free. I'm sorry, I guess I'm the bad guy that I believe that the cross works, that the blood works, that the, that the repentance works, that I believe that we could cast out demons. I'm so sorry about that, pastor. I know that it's really hurting you and you're so offended by it and I'm wreaking havoc in your church because you, you're comfortable with demons, but I'm telling you that God wants you to preach this. He wants you to do this. And that's why, listen, because of social media, the religious guard can't tell us what to do. The religious guard can't tell us not to talk about freedom. The religious guard can't tell us not to talk. Now I could have preached all year on deliverance if I wanted to, but there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. Now that I'm back in the training, all the haters are going to rise up. All those that are drinking haterade and wearing that new cologne called jealousy are going to rise up and say, Oh brother, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that because there's people that need help and we're not willing to help them. All we do is give them donuts and a latte, but they need freedom. They need deliverance. And so we have to do this. It's like, it's this negative thing. If you're a believer that believes in casting out demons, but if you, but you're normal, if you hear voices, like if you hear voices, it's normal. But if you believe in deliverance, oh, you're a weirdo. Oh, you're, you're super charismatic. People are like, oh, you must be charismatic. Do you know chariz- charismatic is charismatic? It just means the gifts of the spirit. And do you know deliverance is not even a gift of the spirit? It's the call to every believer. You don't have to be charismatic or Pentecostal to believe in deliverance. You just need to believe the word of God. You need to believe the Bible because this is the scripture of God, the scripture that tells us to do this. So I will stand in front of any pastor. I will stand in front of any religious leader. I'll stand in front of anybody and I'll defend the word of God and I'll give you a hundred verses like I do. I'll give you 50 verses like I do, but I just don't have time to placate to some religious message, some religious false teaching that says, oh, deliverance is not for today. Oh, casting out demons and some negative thing like, oh, we don't want to attach ourselves to Isaiah because he believes uh, that we have the power over demons. Like, oh man, God forbid that a prophetic leader or preacher actually believes the Bible. And you know, that that's the thing. You get in trouble now for believing the Bible. So that's that's where the church is at at large. I've preached in over 500 churches. I've been traveling for 10 years in preaching. I, I promise you, I've been to churches. I've been to over 35 states. I see the state of the church. We need awakening. We need a wake up call. God is waking up the body of Christ. I've seen it in church after church, the spirit of religion. And we're gonna go after this. I'm telling you in the months to come, we are going to rail and go after And I'm declaring, I'm telling you right now, you heard it here, 2,300 people listening, I am declaring an all-out war against the spirit of religion. I'm going to keep shouting, and I'm going to keep yelling, and I'm going to do things just to make religion mad, and I'm going to keep exposing religion over and over. I'm going to keep pulling its covers, and it's going to manifest, and we're going to cast it out because it is a demonic spirit that is stopping the move of God. Here's what I found. Let me, listen, I got whatever. I'm just going for it. It's my broadcast, okay? Here's, Here's what I found. The world loves deliverance. The world loves healing. 
They love seeing God move. They love the power of God. I have never had an unsaved person come to me in a service and say, I don't like that you preach on deliverance or supernatural. The people that don't like it are religious leaders and religious people that have let the tentacles of religion wrap themselves around, choke the life out of them, and now they think that they've been elected by God to preach against the word of God. They feel like that they're God's gift to the body of Christ to try to expose everybody and say everyone's false. When they have zero scriptures to stand on, we have tons of scriptures to stand on. We've already done, you know, we've done six hours of just Jesus's deliverance ministry. If you don't know, I have a three-part series on Jesus casting out demons. I've done over six hours on it. So I'm telling you right now, we have the word of God to stand on. They have religion to stand on. This is why Jesus said that your tradition is stopping my power from moving. So yes, if you're in some dead religious traditional church that is quenching the move of God, you should find a new church. That's what you should do. Or you should start your own church because the days of sitting, dying in a pew have to end and we need to start going forth in the power that Jesus gave us. Jesus came to set the captives free. First John 3, 8 says, the son of man appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Not only did he destroy Satan's works, he gave us power to destroy Satan's works when he left. He said, I'm gonna leave, but I'm gonna leave you with power to destroy the works of Satan. So how do we destroy Satan's works? The casting out of demons, if you're taking notes, is how we destroy the works of Satan. Demons do Satan's work, they do Satan's biddings. They fulfill the assignment, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. And the way that we destroy those works is by driving demons out of people. Again, I did over 20 individual deliverances at the altar just this last Sunday. So you can't talk me out of this. You can't tell me this isn't needed or this isn't real. This is how we destroy the works of Satan. Think about this. Think about how incredible it is. If you're on Facebook, share this. Think about how incredible it is that we have the power to stop demons in their tracks, to cancel their assignments, and to end their job. Now, demons hate leaving because they have to stop their job or their assignment prematurely. They are assigned to you for a reason. I've had demons tell me, I'm going to get in trouble. Don't make me go. I'm gonna be in trouble. Demons tell me that all the time that if I break their assignment, but you have to realize God has given you power to break demons assignments. That's the authority. If you've never done it, it's such a beautiful thing. It grows your faith when you see Satan's kingdom destroyed and the kingdom of God established. Now, when demons are in people individually, they're there because higher level demons that dwell in the second heaven, according to the word of God, higher level demons command lower ranking demons to go inside of people. When we did Sunday, 20 plus deliverances, I did and their team did a whole bunch more. So many of the demons speak out of people saying, we don't want to leave. Don't make us leave, please. Begging to stay because we're ruining their assignments. Friend, you are the devil's worst nightmare. You literally ruin the devil's year. You ruin the devil's week. When you get out of bed, he gets a migraine. He can't stand you. Demons hate you. And I know this guys, demons hate me when I'm praying for people I was praying for someone this last week the three people around the person I was praying for started screaming out demons started screaming out of them I wasn't even praying for them I was praying for one person and three other people started manifesting because that's how much demons hate me more than they hate me they hate is what, what's living on the inside of me so you are armed and dangerous you are not weak you are not a grasshopper you are not you are not anemic you are armed and dangerous for the kingdom of God to destroy Satan's works. That's what you've been called to do. And so God has called you to do this. Now, oftentimes in deliverance, you don't need to confront demons. You don't need to talk to demons. You can just command them to leave. 
but that's usually said by those that don't do deliverance. So they'll tell you, you don't have to ever talk to them. You don't have to ever confront them. And these people don't do deliverance. Now there are times, again, often where you can command them to leave and they'll go, but there's other times, and this is, I would say it's more than not, where you do need to engage in conversation. You do need to confront them, but don't listen to religious leaders that tell you, you don't have to confront them, leave them alone. They'll come to you. Jesus didn't say, wait for them to come to you. He said, go to them. Okay. So don't listen to teaching from people that don't do deliverance. They're going to tell you, you don't need to talk to demons. Now in Mark five, cause tonight we're talking, if you didn't know, we're talking about talking to demons. What are the rules here? And Mark five, the man of gathering, the demonized men, the Bible says Jesus was commanding the demon to leave. And the Greek word was speaking of continuous action. The Amplified Bible says that he was commanding the spirit out of the man. Not commanded, he was commanding. Now the demon did not obey Jesus. Literally, Jesus was commanding over and over, come out of him, come out of him, come out of him. But the demon didn't obey Jesus. Now many of you that are doing deliverance, maybe you're a beginner, maybe you're an expert. You know that oftentimes demons don't listen. When you command the demon to leave, the demon doesn't leave. And later I'm gonna tell you how to get someone to manifest, how to start the deliverance, all that. But you need to understand Jesus actually had this issue when commanding the demons to leave. Now demons are like personalities, just like your kids. Some are more strong-willed than others. Some demons are weak. Some demons are strong. One of these days, I'll, I'll go to, through the levels and the rankings and the strengths of demons. I've done it before, but I'll do a new teaching on this. But understand that some demons are more stubborn than others. You need to remember this. If you're new, write this down. Deliverance is a wrestling match. That's what you need to understand. You need to realize that it's a wrestling match and the way you win is by putting more pressure than on your opponent than they put on you. So the only way you're gonna win this is if you subdue your opponent by putting pressure. That could be by the blood of Jesus. That could be by the cross of Jesus. That could be by commanding it in Jesus' name. That could be by anointing oil. That could be by using the word of God as a sword of the spirit. There's many ways that you can put pressure on demons. That could be interrogating a demon, which we're talking about tonight. There's many ways, but you have to realize the more you pressure the demon, the more likely the demon is going to leave. Now, there's a lot of objections, and I'm gonna cover everything tonight. So by the end of this, you're gonna it's all covered whatever questions you have I'm, i promise you i'm gonna cover it here but there's a lot of objections when it comes to talking to demons people say we shouldn't talk to demons it's not biblical we know that it is because in mark 5 jesus did talk to a demon this is the son of god who actually talked to the demon after the demon didn't leave but i want to go over some objections that people have when it comes to talking to demons and these are what people say against talking to demons and deliverance number one and i'll give you all of these recap at the end objection number one this is what they say they say Jesus refused to talk to demons or Jesus told the demons to be silent and we should do that too. This is what they say. And this is not accurate because you will see Jesus commanding demons to stop speaking so that they would not reveal who he was before their time. It was not him telling them to be silent because he didn't want us to talk to them. It was to tell them to be silent because they were trying to reveal who he was. You're going to see this in Mark 1.23 and in Luke 4.41. You're going to see that. They were revealing Jesus was the son of God because demons recognize that Jesus was the son of God. And so by Jesus telling them to be silent, he wasn't saying demons be silent. Don't let demons talk. He was saying, I don't want them to reveal themselves before their time. And so that's why Jesus was saying to be silent. Now, what's interesting is Jesus did not only tell demons to be silent about who he was, he also told other peoples and his disciples the same thing. 
There was moments where Jesus would heal somebody and he would say, don't tell anybody what I've done. Why? Because I don't want you to reveal who I am before the time. He told his disciples, don't say anything about this. Why? Because he didn't want them revealing who he was. So this is synonymous with what I'm teaching because Jesus would often do this not only with demons, but also with the disciples and also with his followers and with people healed. Remember, the Bible says even the demons believe and they tremble. So demons believe in Jesus. Demons believe in the Son of God, but he didn't want them in Mark 1 to reveal themselves early. So this when he told him be silent it was not because he didn't want us to talk to them now it does show us we can command demons to be silent if i have a demon that's talking too much or distracting the deliverance or if i'm at the altar and the person just manifests and i can't get in the stop i will oftentimes tell the demon to be quiet i'll tell the demon to stop manifesting you do have power to command demons to be silent there you are in control and this is what i want to teach you this whole broadcast is that you are in control the demons are not in control but you need to realize when it comes to telling the demons to be quiet, I had a guy tell me, doing deliverance, I never talk to demons. I tell them to be silent like Jesus and I just command them to leave. And in my mind, I'm like, how's that been working for you? Because oftentimes, here's what they do. Guys that teach this. They'll get someone to manifest a demon. The demon will start speaking out of the person. They'll command the demon to be quiet. They'll command the demon to leave. The person will stop manifesting because they told the demon to stop and be quiet. And the demon goes back into hiding and they declare the person delivered when the person was not really delivered. And so you need to understand that just because someone says the demon left doesn't mean the demon left. We're going to talk about later how to know if a demon's left, but if a demon has left somebody. But you need to realize Jesus telling them to be silent was not because he didn't want them to talk. It was because he didn't want them to reveal because Demons are very aware, probably more aware than we are, in the reality and the power of Christ. Our power comes when we come in his name. They're not obeying our authority, they're obeying his authority. They honor his authority, they recognize his authority, and they know his authority. So when Jesus commands us to cast out demons, he gives us the right to do it by his name. He gives us the right to do it by his authority. And this is why the devil does not want you to know who you are. He does not want you to know the authority and the power that you have in Christ. He does not want you to understand that you have authority in Jesus name and so he's going to get you to shy away from deliverance if you look at Mark 5 and the parallel passage in Luke 8 Jesus carried on write this down if you're religious Jesus carried on a conversation with a demon who was clearly speaking through the man Jesus carried on a full conversation with him Jesus not only gained information from the demon which we're going to talk about tonight but also allowed the demon to bargain with him, okay? The demon said, please don't command us to leave. The region command us to go into the pigs. Jesus allowed the demon to bargain and let the demons. He allowed the demons because the demons were never in control. Jesus was, but Jesus allowed the demons to go into the pigs. If you don't believe that, go read your Bible in Mark 5. Now, Jesus was in complete control, okay? The deliverance never got out of control, but realize Jesus still did conversate and still did talk to them. Now, if you look at Luke chapter 4, Think about this. Jesus conversated with the devil himself. Remember when the devil came to tempt Jesus and said, it is written and tried to tempt Jesus? Jesus talked back to the devil. Jesus responded back to the devil. And there's nowhere in scripture, write this down, okay? Because I'm, I'm shaking up religion tonight. There's nowhere in scripture that tells us not to talk to demons. There's nowhere in scripture that tells us not to talk to the devil. So you have to realize we have power to rebuke. We have power to bind. We have power to confront. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, even the demons obey us when we come in your name. And so 
the demons were obeying them. How do they know the demons were obeying them? Because they were talking. Something happened where the demons were talking. The demons were screeching out. The demons were yelling out, crying out. Because sometimes demons will actually cry out of the person, realize it's not the person, it's the demon. So yes, Jesus did talk to the devil and talk to demons. So to say Jesus refused to talk to demons or told them to be silent is a misinterpretation of what the Bible actually says. Many times people say, where is that? That's in Luke 4. Jesus talked to the devil. Um, many times people say and make the point, do not let demons take over situation or deliverance. This is true. If a demon's causing distractions, for example, if it's happening during my preaching and a demon starts manifesting, I will command the demon to be quiet or I'll take the person out to get delivered in the back room um, and take charge of the situation. So if I have a demon manifesting and I'm preaching and I tell it to be silent, it's, it's because of the situation, not because I don't want to talk to demons. It's because it's not the right time. When Jesus told the demons to be silent while he's in the synagogue, it was so they would not reveal who he was. You need to understand, write this down. You have infinitely more power than demons infinitely more the power that you have in christ is not in no comparison there's no scale in the power of demons demons are powerless compared to the power that you have in christ you're infinitely more powerful okay objection number two and we're going over the objections before we go into why you should talk to them and then i'm going to go over some cautions objection number two demons lie and they cannot be trusted so we shouldn't talk to them. How many of you heard that? Type one. Don't talk to them. They lie and they can't be trusted. Now, this is very true. Demons cannot be trusted. I've talked to thousands of demons and it's true, okay, that they're deceptive and they're untrustworthy. But the real issue is not whether demons can be trusted, but rather, do we trust our relationship with the Holy Spirit to help us discern on whether something a demon is saying is true or false. That's really where we need to put our faith is not in the demon, but in the Holy Spirit. Now, most of what demons say can be easy to tell whether it's true or not. And it's also very easy to take control away from a demon if they start trying to steer the deliverance or they try to give you pointless information or they try to distract you or draw out the deliverance. You need to make it clear to the demon. Listen to me closely. I'm going to help all of you tonight. These are some advanced tactics here. You need to make it clear to the demons when you start the deliverance that the Holy Spirit is in control, not them. When you start the deliverance, one of your prayers should be, Holy Spirit, I give you control of the deliverance. The demons are not in control. The Holy Spirit is, okay? So I maintain control in the deliverance. I don't let the demons get control. I maintain control with the power of the Holy Spirit. So whether the information demon is giving me is true or false, I'm not determining my strategy based on what they tell me. I'm determining my strategy based on what the Holy Spirit is telling me. So I don't let demons dictate deliverance. I don't let demons orchestrate deliverance. The one that is orchestrating and leading deliverance is the Holy Spirit and me. We're co-laborers, we're co-workers. He's not the doer, he's the helper. And so never let demons get control. So as you grow and you uh, as you grow in listening to the Holy Spirit, and extracting information from demons, you're gonna see it's gonna be easy to spot when they're lying or when they deceive you. When a demon lies to me, I could tell right away they're lying, okay? And I'm gonna tell you how to do this more, but I could just tell right away they're lying because I've done this enough. I know my discernment. I know the power that I have in the Holy Spirit. I trust the Holy Spirit. I trust in Jesus, so I'm able to discern whether a demon's lying, whether a demon's not lying, and that's gonna come through time and through experience. So a lot of people say, well, demons just lie. Demons have the capacity, and I'm gonna show you something later that's gonna trip you out. Demons have the capacity to tell the truth. What you need to realize 
is this is an interrogation, not a conversation. So we're not conversing with them, we're interrogating them. You need to realize that demons in deliverance are being tormented. So they're usually going to tell you what you need to know so they can stop being tormented. But when you're doing the deliverance, they don't wanna be there. They're being tormented, they're angry, they're bitter. And so you can gain valuable information from the demons that's gonna help the deliverance go by quicker when doing deliverance. So that's a lie to say demons only lie. That's not true. They can tell the truth. And in Mark 5, the demon saying, my name was Legion. Jesus didn't say, you're lying. Stop. The demon was actually telling the truth. His name was Legion. So that's to know. Okay. Objection number three. We should not talk to demons because that will let them be in charge. This is, again, another mistake. What you need to understand, especially if you're a beginner, again, what I said, when you start deliverance, you need to make sure and tell and tell the people and pray that the Holy Spirit is in control. Every deliverance you do, you need to make sure the Holy Spirit is in control. I've never, again, had a demon take over control. I've never had a demon try to run the deliverance because I'm always knowing that I'm in control, the Holy Spirit is in control. When the Holy Spirit's in control, you do not you do not need to be afraid of the demon trying to take charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge and the demons must obey Jesus and they must obey the Holy Spirit. People always ask me this, and this is an answer to this question. Isaiah, why are you so calm when you're doing deliverance? Why are you not afraid? Why are you not running or freaking out? It's very simple. The reason why I'm not afraid when casting out demons is because I know who's in charge and I know that it's not the demon that's in charge. It's the Holy Spirit. I always know this. So in the back of your mind, no matter what the demon's trying to do, you always need to understand that the Holy Spirit is in control and the Holy Spirit is in charge. And so don't let people tell you, you know, if you let them talk, they're going to be in charge. No, I let them talk to give me information to help me with the deliverance. Okay, objection number four. This is the last one people are always going to say. When demons talk through someone, it gives demons power over the person. This is wrong and this is not true. First of all, the demon already has power over the person because it's living on the inside of them. So just by you letting the demon talk out of the person is not giving the demon power, and I'm trying to go slow here, but is not giving the demon more power than it already has. Second of all, listen to this, you forcing the demon to talk out of the person against the demon's will um, is letting is making the demon lose power because they understand that they are not in control okay so you letting them speak out or you making the demon speak out makes the demon realize that they are not in control you are in control the demons do not want to speak out of people just know that if they speak out of people the person and you will know they're there and they want to be undetected this is where demons hide they want to be undetected so you got to know that forcing them the demon to talk out of its own will is something they don't want to do now when the demon reveals itself through talking it automatically loses the power to hide it loses its power to hide in darkness remember demons hide in darkness they want to be in darkness they want to live in darkness and when you command the demon to talk it brings them out of darkness it brings them into the light and they're no longer allowed to hide so say the person manifests a demon, okay? And the demon manifests just means the demon takes over. And the demon speaks out of them and it says, I'm anger, right? Because I had a guy on Sunday had a spirit of anger speaking out of him. I'm control, I'm witchcraft, I'm lust, I'm pornography, whatever the spirit's name is. Say you don't deliver the person and you stop the deliverance and the person goes home. Well, that person knows 
I have that demon living in me now. Now they're going to try to go get more deliverance or get help. And you also know. So now it's brought the demon out of darkness, which is where religion hides. Religion loves demons to stay. That's why religion teaches against deliverance because they want the demons to stay in darkness because religion is a demonic spirit. So you need to know that when those demons are hiding away from you, they have power when they hide. When they're exposed or revealed, they lose their power. That's why it's so powerful to come into services where the presence and the power of God is manifesting where the presence of God and the power of God is active because demons lose their power when the presence of God makes them be revealed. When you get in those intense environments where the Holy Spirit is moving or when somebody is confronting a demon, the demon gets so mad. The last thing the demon wants to do is talk and wants to hide. So you need to understand it loses power when it comes to the surface. The demon's power comes from, listen to this, its ability to stay undetected. That's where its power comes from. It wants to stay under the radar. And by talking, not only does the person know it's there, but also now you can confront it and you can battle the demon. So that's one of the things. So those are the four objections. I'll go over all these points after. I know this is a lot of teaching here, but I'll go over all these points at the end so you don't miss any. So if you miss a point, just leave it blank and I'll fill in all the blanks for you at the end. Okay, now let's go and do helpful reasons to talk to demons in deliverance. We talked about the objections. Let's go into helpful reasons. Now, usually if you can figure out why the demon won't leave by the by the demon giving you information, you're going to save the person a lot of pain and trouble from having to force the demons out. Now, let me just tell you this, okay? There's two basic ways, and there's more, but let me give you two, that demons usually come out. Number one is by forcing the demon out. Now, this is something we usually do at the altar because it's very loud. It's very chaotic. The presence of God is there strong. The band's playing, and it's hard to talk to a person one-on-one. -on -one. So when I'm doing altar deliverance, which if you've taken any of my teachings or you follow any of my courses or teachings, you know that altar deliverance we do different than one-on-one -on -one deliverance. Altar deliverance, we're forcing the demons out. This is brute force. This is us commanding them to go. They have no power. I'm not usually talking back and forth to demons in altar deliverance because I'm forcing them out. Okay, that's number one. The second strategy is the one-on-one, -on -one, which is what I really prefer, but it's not as viable for mass crowds or when we're doing mass deliverance, is you getting information from the demon, strategically getting them out of the person. And so if you look at the man at the tombs, Jesus commanded the demon to leave. The demon didn't leave. So Jesus asked the name of the demon. Now, some scholars I've read said the reason why Jesus talked to the demons because they were very powerful. And if Jesus forced them out, they would have torn the man to pieces. Or the reason why Jesus allowed them to go into the, um, the pigs is because if Jesus would have forced them out, they would have torn the man up and it would have hurt the man. It would have been a lot harder. So Jesus said, you can just go into the pigs to make it easier on the man's body. That could definitely be plausible. Okay. So understand those are the two ways. Again, I train more on the one-on-one. -on -one. Altar deliverance is very straightforward. You command the demon to leave. You bind the demon. You force it to go into the abyss, which I'll talk about later and all that stuff. Okay. So reason number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Reason number one that you would talk to demons is the information given by the demons can be used against the demons. Okay. Let me say that again. The information given by the demons can actually be used against the demons. I've lost track of how many times in deliverance the information the demons gave me was actually the key to getting the person out of a prison cell. A word of knowledge can also be very powerful in deliverance ministry, but we've already talked about it before. That's not what we're going to focus on tonight. What we're focusing on is demons when you interrogate them. Remember, you're not conversating, you're interrogating. When you're interrogating the demon, the demon's going to reveal valuable information for the deliverance. 
Deliverance is often like a puzzle. You're trying to get somebody out of a cage, out of a prison cell, and it's not always straightforward. It's not always commanded to leave and it leaves. So you need to understand that you can use the information. Let me give you a couple things that information that could be helpful. This could be things like what other demons are hiding. So you should be writing this down if you're serious about deliverance, okay? What other demons are hiding? And they'll reveal other demons hiding. The number of demons that are there, okay? Write that down. That's another piece of information a demon will often give you. Again, it is more common in my experience for a demon to tell the truth when we're tormenting it and we're in interrogating it, casting it out, than for a demon to lie to you. But I'll talk about later demons, the difference between lying and deception, okay? So you could ask it, um, what other demons are there hiding? And they'll literally tell on themselves and turn on each other. And there's no honor among thieves. How many know that? They'll tell on each other. You could find out the number of demons that are there. You can also find out why the demon came or why the demon's not leaving. You can also find out by interrogating them if there's a curse that needs to be broken. Are they hanging on to a curse, a generational curse, a witchcraft curse, a word curse, a spell, a hex, an incantation? What are they hanging on to? You can also find out um, what objects are the demons attached to. So the demons aren't leaving because they're attached to a physical object. As you talk to demons in deliverance, they will expose this information. They will tell you what objects they're attached to. They will also tell you, and this is another valuable information, how long they've been in the person because that can help you weave through the puzzle and that can help you put the puzzle together on how long they've been in the person. Also, they can tell you their name and their name is going to help you understand their function, which is going to help your strategy and deliverance. So if you know the name of the demon you're battling, it's much easier. If you know the spirit is the spirit of confusion, you know that the spirit's gonna try to confuse you. It's gonna try to run you in circles. It's gonna try to alternate, say different names, okay? That's a very tricky spirit. If it's a spirit of anger, like I dealt with on Sunday, we had five guys trying to hold one guy down, then you already know. When I went up to pray for this guy on Sunday, the Lord told me, the Holy Spirit told me, it's a spirit of anger, okay? So I already knew I was about to be in for a fight. So when I started commanding the demon to leave him, he immediately started rushing and, and growling and wanting to hit me. So he ends up on the ground. There's four big guys holding him down and he's pushing all of us up. Why? Because the spirit of anger manifests angry. So that's how you know if it's a spirit of anger and very violent, maybe I need some extra help. If it's a lying spirit, it's going to try to lie. So if I'm dealing with a lying spirit, I'm not going to treat a lying spirit like a spirit of depression. Likely, everything the demon says is going to be a lie because that's what the spirit does. So the demon names, when you're battling these demons in deliverance, are going to also be the function, okay? If it's a spirit of lust, it's going to be lustful in the deliverance. You have to know these are all different ways spirit function. So be mindful of that. If you're going into deliverance and you know what spirits you're up against, plan accordingly. Use that knowledge to help your strategy. Now, the information that they give you could speed up the deliverance because you're not going to try to guess why the demon isn't leaving. Now, people that don't believe what I'm teaching tonight, which there's many and that's okay, and they don't believe you should talk to demons even though Jesus did and they don't believe, even though there's no Bible verse that says not to, they don't believe in this deliverance stuff, they're going to tell you, like, just command to leave and it leaves. But what you find out is when you do deliverance, it's never usually that straightforward. So getting this information will help you speed up deliverance. Now, can you do deliverance and never talk to them? Yeah, you can. I've had deliverances where I see people brute force. They spend three hours. They commend it over and over and the demon finally gets tired and it leaves. That could happen, but you can also do it in 45 minutes by just getting the information, getting the person to renounce, figuring out is there unforgiveness, is there bitterness, commanding it to go, get the information, get in, get out, get the demon out. So information is going to help. So that's the number one reason. Number Reason number two, 
Information can also bring healing to the person. Write that down, number two. Information can also bring healing to the person. Now, obviously our goal is to get the demons out, but you have to realize there's also a healing process that takes place in deliverance. Now, sometimes you may ask the demon, is there anyone the person has not forgiven? And time and time again, listen to me, I have had the demon say the person's name and then I'll call the person back and I'll have them forgive that person and they didn't even remember that they had unforgiveness or you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe how much healing takes place when they actually do the forgiveness, when they actually forgive the person. And so you need to understand that a lot of healing takes place in deliverance when you get that information because some people have suppressed it because of trauma because of abuse or other issues they've suppressed it and so they don't even realize that they had unforgiveness or they don't know why the demons are still there but the demons are still there because of a reason and the demons will divulge information and that information can bring inner healing to the person it might be something they forgot about or didn't realize and they're able to go back get their healing get their forgiveness taken care of, ask God to cleanse them, to heal them, to wash them. Deliverance is not just how can we get the demons out, but we're also asking God to heal the person, heal them mentally, heal them emotionally, heal them physically. So this information could be physical things that are attached, you know, and the demons will divulge information. So reason two is information could bring healing, okay? Reason number three we talk to demons is information weakens the demons, okay? Think about this. Demons mostly work by bluffing, by lying, and being deceitful. They don't work by power. When demons are working against you, they're not working against you by power because you have more power than them. So how could a demon withstand you? If you have infinitely more power, and this is a good preaching tonight, if you have infinitely more power than them, how could a demon withstand a believer? Here's how. Through bluffing, through deception. And so here's what happens. It's a very interesting dynamic. When we force demons to give information against their will, they demonstrate their weakness by having to obey Jesus. Now, what this does, when you force a demon against its will to give you information, it gets them upset and discouraged and reminds them that you have power over them. So it literally weakens the demons. I've seen demons that act so strong. And the moment we start making them divulge information, we start interrogating them, the demons immediately get weakened the moment you start doing that. So they don't run by power and by using your power against them, it discourages them. Now, remember this, I love this guys. Many demons have never had to face a Christian like you. Many demons have never had to face God's power the way that you are bringing God's power. Demons think they are invincible until they find and run into a real Christian. You need to understand that most of these people you're doing deliverance on have gotten prayer a thousand times by believers who wouldn't dare try to cast a demon out of them. And then here you come and they think that you are just like every other weak Christian that they've encountered, but they don't realize that you know your power. They don't realize that you know your authority, you know who you are and whose you are. And so once you, they see you getting bold with them, once they see you commanding things, they start realizing they're not invincible. Many demons have probably only heard of a Christian like you, but never had to fight or deal with one. So you gotta realize these demons, they don't know the power that you got. They don't know what they're up against. You're their worst nightmare. Like you might have nightmares of demons, 
Demons have nightmares of Isaiah Saldivar. Someone said like, aren't you scared of COVID? I was like, I'm not scared of COVID. COVID's scared of Isaiah Saldivar. Like you have to realize the demon, de spirits of anger, I'm not afraid of them. They're afraid of me. Spirit of cancer, I'm not afraid of it. It's afraid of me. The devil's afraid of me. I'm, I am the devil's worst nightmare because I have the spirit of God in me. And we already know what happened when the devil fought Jesus head on. He lost every single time. And so you got to realize these demons have had a bunch of weak Christians praying for them. They've had a bunch of weak pastors praying for them. They've had a bunch of, and those demons are laughing while the leaders and pastors and preachers pray for them because the demon knows that that pastor ain't going to dare call me out. That guy's not going to dare call me out. He doesn't believe in deliverance. So the demons are not really afraid of Christians. If we're honest and you can ask anyone that's coming out of Satanism, they are not afraid of believers. They are not, but, but a believer like you a disciple like you, I know we're not talking about Christians that warm a pew. We're talking about disciples that walk in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. They've never encountered a Christian like you. And the moment that they do, they tremble in fear because they don't know what to do when they're met with someone like you. You're talking about a, someone that's 100 pounds going against someone that's 280 pounds. They, ha they have no clue where to even begin. So they're going to try to flex on you. And then once they see that you have boldness, once they see you know your authority, once they see you know your legal right as a believer, as a son of God, you are a son of God. Like, I don't know if you know this, but your dad created everything. So he's given you as a son, your authority. If you don't know who you are, you're never going to survive in deliverance, friend. When you know who you are, the demons know that you know who you are and they will realize how weak they are when you make them speak. Okay. There's something about you making them do something that discourages them and weakens them. You're going to hear them say, please stop. Leave me alone. Why are you doing this to me? What do you want from us? because they know you know their authority. Let me say this. I prayed for at least 20 people on Sunday. When I say pray for them, I'm talking about individual deliverance on at least 20 people at the altar for about, two, I already said two and a half hours, okay? I didn't have not one demon say, we're too strong for you. You can't make us leave. None of that. Because I go, they already know I know who I am. So here's what they were saying to me. What do you want from us? Leave us alone. Stop, stop. We hate you. Because they already know I'm about to smack them up in the spirit. And I'm not going to sit there and try to negotiate with them. They, they have no power. I know my right as a son and a daughter of God. And so demons know if you know your authority. If you don't know, believe me, go to Acts 19. The sons of Sceva. The demon spoke out and said, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? right? Like, who are you? We don't know you in the spirit. So demons will know that. Um, information will also weaken the demons because they're very quick to tell on each other. They're very quick to reveal their structure and the function of the person. It's like if you go to one of your kids and say, who, who made this mess? And they don't want to tell each other. And you say, if you don't tell me, you're going to get in trouble and grounded. The kid immediately tells, oh, it was so-and-so. Oh, it was my brother. It was my sister. And they're just like, they're like snitches in jail or in prison. You get a prisoner, oh man, we're homies, we're, we're gonna die together, we're in it, the gang forever, and then you get in front of them and say, okay, you're facing 15 years to life, and if you give up your homie, we'll only give you five years, the person gives up the homie, okay? That's how demons are, there's no honor among thieves, there's no honor among demons, they're very, very quick to give each other up, so just know that, okay? Reason number four why you talk to them, listen to this one, hearing the confession helps the person be de being delivered understand the lies hearing the confession what the demons speaking out of them helps them understand the lies many times the person has heard the demonic lies for so long they don't even know what's true and what's false and so they can't discern their thoughts and a demon's voice 
because they've heard it for so many years. So when the demon speaks out of the person and they hear the lies, they can now distinguish that this was a demon the entire time, okay? So when you command a demon to reveal what it's been doing, so you might say, what have you been doing in this person's life? And the demon says, I've been lying, telling them they're not good enough. I've been telling them, now the person could hear that and they know this has been alive a demon the entire times and they can see for themselves the demonic activity. Demons will say things like, she's a failure, nobody loves her, he's worthless. And the person will say this to me, I've heard those exact words for years and I never even realized it was a demon. But once the demon speaks, I can then identify that it was a demon speaking. So the demon is weakened by having it obey a greater power and that is the power of Christ. But also the person gets strengthened by discovering the lies of the demon and then discovering now the truth. And so now they no longer believe the lies because they've been exposed to the truth. So learning the voice of the demon also helps you battle other demons that might try to re-come in or come back. Or when you're battling demons in the future, you're like, wait a minute, I already know the voice of the demon. I already know what demons speak and how they speak. So when you make the demon speak, it'll help the person recognize the lies of the demon because demons have all the same universal language. And they tell everyone they're worthless. They tell everyone that they're gonna kill them. They tell everyone, you know, you're never gonna get free. You're never gonna get delivered. Here's one, this is fake. This isn't real. I, I've lost track of how many times I've heard a person in deliverance. Like, okay, I had one lady I was doing deliverance on. For an hour, she was screaming, barking, yelling, making uh, noises, acting like an animal. And then an hour in, she said, I hear, I hear something, I think it might be just me, that this isn't real. I looked at this lady. I said, you've been barking for an hour. You've been crawling around like an animal. You've been speaking in other languages, other voices. Do you really believe that this is not real? That you're making this up? Because that's what they're gonna tell you. This isn't real. They're make, you're making this up. It's not really you. Um, you're just making it up. That's what demons are gonna tell you. And she said, no, I don't believe that. I said, so then who do you think is telling you that, that this is fake? Ding, 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 it's a demon telling you. By recognizing the voice of the demon, now she goes, oh, I could recognize the voice saying it's fake is actually not my voice or my thoughts, it's actually a demon, okay? So those are the four reasons. I'll give you them again at the end, but those are the four reasons Maybe we won't have time to do the questions, but let's go into the last segment here. We talked about objections, reasons why we should talk to demons. Now let's talk about some cautions when talking to demons in deliverance. Okay, caution number one is always check the information that the demon is giving you. Now, I always command, this is very helpful, I always command demons to be truthful and honest before God, and usually if you do that, demons will tell the truth for the most part. Remember, they don't wanna be there, so they're gonna tell you whatever you need to know to get them out, because a lot of demons don't wanna be there when you tell them to leave, they're waiting to go, because you've been praying, you've been fasting, we do deliverance on believers, and so they wanna leave. So they don't mind giving you information that could lead to their demise. Now, usually things you'll ask are like, how many demons are there, who's in charge, when did you enter, if you notice a demon lying or demon information doesn't match what the person said or saying, it's best to keep the conversation limited because you'll because usually that demon is gonna keep lying. So if you're dealing with a lying demon and like the, the demon's saying something, right? And you ask the person, did this happen or is this true? And the person's like, no, that never happened, it's not true. Then you know the information isn't true. So you need to make sure that you're checking the information with the person and with the demon. If they say, oh, her mom was this, 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 or this is this, and the demon keeps lying, that's not a truth, a demon that you should trust information. And usually the demons that lie the most, write this down, are the weakest demons, 
are the weakest demons. Those are the ones that are going to lie the most. So if you know a demon lying, just stop believing it and go on and maybe either get to the next one and try to command that one to come out by binding them together or doing another strategy. And usually when they do tell lies, the lies are going to be very generic, okay? The lies are going to be stuff like, you can't make me leave, you're not strong enough, the person doesn't want it, or whatever. Those are generic lies. They usually won't lie about specific information you're asking. Now, if you don't do deliverance, you're going to listen to me tonight and say, you don't know what you're talking about. If you do deliverance, type one, because you're like, this is right. This is exactly what happens in deliverance. Now, ultimately, you need to be, write this down, in conversation with the Holy Spirit and discerning whether the information is true or false. You can also check with the person, are these facts true? But ultimately, you need to be in conversation with the Holy Spirit asking the Holy Spirit, is this true? Everything the demon tells me in deliverance, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, is this true? Is this false? And the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me. Come on, let's break 3000 night and leading me and guiding me about that information. Also, make sure you're not only depending on the demons for information. Remember, Paul said in 1 Corinthians to dis earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Some of the spiritual gifts you're going to use in deliverance are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the gift of faith, and the discerning of spirits. So by relying too much on demons, you're not relying enough on the Holy Spirit. So you need to make sure that you're not just relying on the demons, but you're also relying on the Holy Spirit when it comes to, is it truthful? Is it is it um, information correct or not? Okay, caution number two, be careful with words of knowledge. Now, let me explain this because you, you probably heard nobody break this down, but I just want to warn you and please hear what I'm going to tell you right now. Word of knowledge, words of knowledge, are incredibly valuable okay they're incredibly powerful and i'll usually tell my team members to get ask for words of knowledge during the deliverance but here's what i want to caution you be careful that you don't let too many words of knowledge come in because it could get you off track and it could get you focusing on details that are not relevant to the deliverance for example if you're doing deliverance on somebody and you have a team member and they're getting a bunch of word of knowledges about you know, what kind of car they drive, where the person lives, what their name, parents' names are, what their aunt and uncle do for a living. Like these could all be relevant words of knowledge, but they might not be relevant to the deliverance. So I just want to caution you when you're letting words of knowledge come in, don't let the words of knowledge just dictate the whole deliverance. Don't just follow one word of knowledge to another because you'll spend hours. Now, some ministers will take every word of knowledge the team gets and they get confused by what direction to go into or what to do next. So don't be afraid to disregard or ignore words of knowledge that don't seem relevant to the deliverance. Because remember, the word of knowledge is a gift. You could get words of knowledge that aren't relevant just because you have the gift of word of knowledge at the time. So understand that sometimes words of knowledge could get too much. So don't only just rely on just a bunch of words of knowledge and like, oh, and you're going off track. I've had this happen with me personally. And this is something most deliverance ministers will not tell you. So just make sure that when it comes to, oh, and Ryan said he'll post the notes, awesome. When it comes to word of knowledge is just be careful doing deliverance is like solving a puzzle and sometimes words of knowledge can be adding unnecessary pieces to the puzzle and the same goes with gaining information from demons sometimes the demons are giving you information to distract you or it's too much information so make sure that you're not letting them give you information that's not relevant or not to help get the person free write this down our ultimate goal is getting the person free we're not trying to get them to manifest we're not trying to talk to demons. Our goal is getting the person free, whether that's in five minutes or in five hours. Our end goal, the end goal of deliverance is the person walking out free, okay? Caution number three. 
is make sure to use the name of Jesus. I want to caution you because a lot of people don't do this. Make sure that when you're getting information, you're commanding them to tell the truth in the name of Jesus. So you tell the demon, I command you to be honest in Jesus name. I command you to tell the truth in the name of Jesus. So that's caution number three. Make sure to use the name of Jesus. Do not expect demons to automatically by default tell the truth unless you've commanded them to. So think about this. By default, the demons are going to lie unless you've commanded them to be truthful in Jesus name. Then usually they're going to when you confront a demon in Jesus name, it's not even a battle that they can win. Okay? Again, you have infinitely more power. Often demons that you deal with have never come into contact with the name of Jesus. So they completely freak out when you say his name and they'll be upset, they'll be mad, they'll yell, they'll cry, all that because they've never dealt with a believer that came in the name of Jesus. Okay? One thing I found is very often is they'll lie to me, but when I say be honest before the Holy Spirit or be honest before Jesus Christ, they'll immediately tell the truth okay they'll start okay i'm sorry and they'll tell the truth so they are afraid of the name there's incredible power in the name make sure that you're using the name when you're doing deliverance i've also found that discernment comes with practice and by listening to the holy spirit so a lot of this is coming by practice so here's here's the rule of thumb okay write this down continue to be skeptical of the demon's response but don't refuse to ask them questions simply because they might mislead you occasionally okay so remain skeptical but don't be afraid to ask questions because once in a while they're going to mislead you. But more times than not, they're actually going to tell you the truth and they're not going to mislead you. Now that leads me into caution number four. Are you ready? Deceit and lies are different. They're not the same thing. The myth is this. Here's the myth. Demons always lie. And that's not true. Now the Bible says in John 8:44 that Satan is the father of lies. But understand that Satan is much more active as a deceiver then he is a liar. Remember, Satan came to Jesus to tempt him. He did not lie about the Bible, but he misused the Bible to tempt Jesus. So Satan didn't use lies to tempt Jesus. He used deception. That's in Luke 4, chapter 4, verse 1. The same thing in the Garden of Eden. Did he lie to Adam and Eve? No, he deceived them. He said, are you sure that's what God said? Are you sure you're going to die? And he manipulated the truth. And that's in Genesis 3, 1. So Satan primarily will use deception over using lying. And here's why. It's much easier to be deceived than it is to be lied to. It's very easy to tell when someone's lying to you. It's like, no, you're lying. I already know Satan. That's a lie. You're a liar. But he'll use deception to manipulate the truth to get to you. Um, let me just say this, okay? Write this down. And if you're religious, you might want to close your ears here because this is going to hurt your ears if you're a Pharisee, right? Listen to what I'm about to say. In the entire New Testament, are you ready? We don't find one place where demons lie. Oh man, did you just say what I think you said, Brother Isaiah? Let me let that sink in here. There's not one place in the entire New Testament of all the seven encounters, seven times Jesus encountered demon, uh, dealt with demons, plus many more, because the Bible says he went from synagogue to synagogue, everywhere he went, the disciples, everywhere they went. He sent the 12 out casting out demons. He sent the 72. Of all the occurrences in scripture, there's not one place where we find demons lying, okay? So for all of you that are like, demons are liars, they lie, don't believe them, there's not one place in scripture where demons lie. Could they lie? Yes. Is the devil the father of lies? Yes. But I'm just letting you know, in the New Testament, we don't find anywhere they lie. No one's going to tell you that, but it's okay. We're going to tell you that here. So deception is a broader concept than lying. 
Um, and Satan's the master of deceiving. And demons are smart. They're going to deceive you. They're not usually going to lie to you. They're going to try to manipulate, trick you, and do all that type of stuff. Um, deceit is a, a deliberate attempt to mislead you. So remember, in deliverance, they're trying to mislead you. They're trying to get you off track of what you're there for. It's Satan's primary device is to mislead you, to keep you from freedom. So you need to watch out. Even when the demon's saying something that's true, you need to watch out that they're not misleading you because demons are going to mislead you. Okay, caution number five, and then we're going to give you all the breakdown here and we're going to pray and then we'll do these uh, frequently asked questions maybe next week or another week because I don't want to keep going on and on. We're an hour and 20 minutes in. I don't want to make this too, too long because I want to give this a very strategic teaching so that when you need to reference this or when you're learning or you're going through all my playlists, you can hit this video and watch all these cautions. Okay, caution number five. This is my last caution to you, and then we're going to pray. We're an hour and 20 minutes in here. Do not let demons distract, control, or scare you. Demons are often going to try to distract you by changing the subject to control the deliverance. But remember, don't let the demons hijack the deliverance. Yeah, we're already an hour and 20 minutes in. Don't let the demons hijack the deliverance. Make sure you stay in control. You need to always remember that you have more power and you are in charge. Demons will also get very violent to try to scare you or control the situation. I can't tell you how many times this happened. They're going to try to scare you. Listen, I am not. I have never once been scared in deliverance because I know that I have more power than them. So understand that you have authority. If they try to get too violent, calmly tell them they have no control over the person's body and they must stop now in Jesus' name. And keep saying that until the demon stops taking over the body. And if you get too scared, there's nothing wrong with taking a break, stopping the deliverance, getting a glass of water and going back in deliverance. You could also ask angels to come down and hold the person down. Now, I know there's a lot of you in the chat that say, well, we do it this way. We just command there to be no manifestations, no violence. The demons don't talk. I've tried that before and it doesn't usually work. So if that's your thing, praise the Lord for you. Maybe you have more faith in me, but I've dealt with times where the demon will get violent. It'll get angry depending on the level and the ranking of the demon. So you oftentimes need to tell the demon you have no power over this body. Stop your manifestations and so on and so forth. Um, demons are also going to try to your family. They're going to say stuff like, we're going to kill you. We know where your kids are. We know where you are. Um, you have, you, we're going to do this to you, but you need to realize they're bluffing. Okay. No power to kill you. They, if they did, they would have already done it. I've had a million demons tell me, and I'm being exaggerating. Thousands of demons tell me we're going to kill you. I'm 30 years old. Okay. I have not even been dying from a demon since I've been saved. It's a lie. You got to remember the Bible says you have divine protection over demons. So these are lies. They're bluffing to get you to get you to stop. Now here's a, a rule of thumb. If you start talking about unrelated things to, to demons, You've gone too long, okay? If you're there 30 minutes in, you're talking about things that are not even related to the deliverance, that's a good place to know you've gone too long. If you start trying to get information about other things and other people, you've gone too long. And I've done this before where it gets interesting and you start asking, what about this person? What about this? You've gone too long, okay? You need to stop there because that's a very big hindrance or a very big thing there when you start asking unrelated information. Okay, so let's recap and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray here as we are about to hit 3,000. I think we might have already hit 3,000, but it hasn't registered. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray deliverance. We're going to pray healing. Um, and then if you guys want to sow all that you can, we'll hang out with the chat here. Um, let us go over these one more time. If you're taking notes and you have holes in your notes, I need you to start writing notes right here, okay? First of all, we talked about the objections to talking to demons, okay? We're going to go over these. Objection number one, they say Jesus refused to talk to demons. If you're taking notes, take it down here. Objection number two, demons lie and cannot be trusted. 
Objection number three, we should not let demons be in charge. Objection number four, when demons talk through someone, it, give, it gives demons more power over the person, okay? Those are the four objections that we went through. Now we're gonna go through four helpful reasons why we talk to demons. Number one, the information given by the demons can be used against them. Reason number two, information can also bring healing to the person, okay? Reason number three, information weakens the demons. Reason number four, hearing the confession helps a person being delivered understand the lies. And you can go back and rewind this after and all that. I'm just giving you an overview. Now let's go over the five cautions with talking to demons. Caution number one, check the information. Caution number two, make sure to use, uh, be careful with words of knowledge. Caution number three, make sure you're using the name of Jesus. Caution number four, remember deceit and lies are different. Caution number five, do not let demons distract, control, or scare you. Okay, those are the five cautions. And now we're going to pray. Again, if you want to sow, you can. We'll do all that after, but let us pray for you because I believe that God is bringing deliverance. Last week, we did a more extended um, mass deliverance. Right now, we're going to command those things to leave you. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to believe uh, for an impartation and equipping. Father, we pray tonight in Jesus' name that you would equip us to do deliverance ministry. God, we are here tonight. We are available. We are ready. Lord, we are responding to your call to be warriors in your army. Father, we are praying that you would train our hands for battle and our fingers for war. And God, we ask for every single warrior in this chat, for the 2,900 people watching, every single one of them, that you would raise them up to be deliverers, that you have called us, that your word commands us to go deliver people. And so, Father, I pray that every one of them would be deliverers. Every one of them would be warriors in your kingdom. Father, I pray that tonight you would do what only you can do in them. Tonight, God, release your power. If you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Father, I pray that you would release the Holy Spirit, that you would baptize those in the Holy Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do tonight. In Jesus' name, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, release your power. Holy Spirit, release your anointing. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill every person listening, those of you that need a fresh filling, I say right now, be full of the Holy Spirit. I say right now, be filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just begin to move right now in Jesus' name. Right now, I pray healing over your body. If you're dealing with sickness, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit. I, had someone, I have people writing me all the time. Someone wrote me yesterday. They got full of the Holy Spirit last week during the altar call time. Father, I pray that you'd bring healing right now over cancer, over anxiety, over diabetes, over depression. Bring healing, not just deliverance, but we pray healing. If there's a chemical imbalance in your brain, I pray the healing power of God over you. In Jesus' mighty name, I say, receive your healing. In Jesus' name, we say, be healed. This is not in my name. This is in the name of Jesus. We say, be healed right now. Father, release your healing power. Release your healing anointing right now. Skin allergies, be healed in Jesus' name. High blood pressure, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we just ask for your divine power to be released. We ask you right now for your delivering power. We come against every demonic spirit that's been attacking you, that's been demonizing you. We say, get your hands off of them now. I commend every spirit to go. I commend every power of darkness to go. I commend every satanic assignment to go in Jesus' name, to be broken in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power. You have no authority. The Lord rebukes you. And we say, come up and out now in Jesus' name. Come up and out now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, release your power. Holy Spirit, release your power. Holy Spirit, release your anointing right now. 
in Jesus' name. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch every single person right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Touch every single person with deliverance power. We say up and out now in Jesus' name. Up and out now in Jesus' name. Every unclean spirit that can hear me, we say you must go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit must go now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, leave. Holy Spirit, leave, right? I mean, um, demonic spirits, leave. Holy Spirit, come. I'm sorry, I said Holy Spirit, leave. Holy Spirit, don't leave. Demonic spirits, leave right now in Jesus' name. Demonic spirits, leave. And Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, do what only you can do. I say, have your way, Lord. I say, have your way, God. There's nothing I can do. It is only by your spirit, Lord, and by your power. Holy Spirit, come now and touch every person listening right now. Spirits that are causing headaches, migraines, in Jesus' name, spirits on the womb. Yeah, Holy Spirit, stay. Spirits on the womb, we command you to go now in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask tonight for your power. We ask for your power. Listen, if you're not a believer, now's your moment, Acts 2.38, to repent. Now's your moment to repent of your sin, to turn to God. It is only through Jesus Christ you can be saved. It is only by his blood, only by the cross. If you're not saved, tonight is your night to repent. Say, Lord, I repent. I put my faith and I believe in the work that you did on the cross. Guys, I was, I was an atheist cussing at God when God saved me. I said, God, I don't believe in you. I don't, know, I don't think you're real. But if you are, I'll lay everything down. And God changed me and God delivered me and God saved me and God healed me and God filled me with his spirit. If you're not a believer right now, just begin to repent. Say, Lord, if you're real, change me. If you're real, touch me. I put my faith in you. I believe in you. Have your way in my life tonight. Come on, right now, in Jesus' name. There's salvation happening right now. There's deliverance happening right now. There's healing happening right now. Just call upon the Lord. Repent right now. Yes. Say, Lord, I repent. I repent and I believe. I believe in your word. I believe in your will. I believe in your way. In Jesus' name, we just pray, Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says nobody comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would draw the unbeliever tonight. Those that just stumbled in to listen to this, I pray that you would draw them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.